This station is conducting a test of the emergency broadcast system. This is only a test. Look, before we start this episode of the James McMahon Music Podcast, I need to tell you something. I need your help. I need you, when you finish with the episode, to go to the platform you've listened to this podcast on and give me a rating, a review, and to subscribe too. It helps me cheat the algorithm and get more ears on the podcast. And know this, I'm very grateful for it. Also, I have a substack where I write about music and film and telly and all sorts of stuff. I love it if you sign up for dispatches. There are different price options, five quid a month, 50 quid a year, and for that, you get access to loads of exclusive writing and podcasts. It's the most helpful thing you can do to support the stuff I make. And again, I'd be so grateful. That's spook.substack.com. That's spook with three O's. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank Jesus. This concludes this test of the emergency broadcast system. Oh, shit. You're listening to the James McMahon Music Podcast, and I'm your host, James McMahon. And this is a spook media production. What did you do that for? Who does he think he is? Always glad to help out the weaker sex. He was only joking. He did help us. We couldn't have done anything against Doyle. And what am I supposed to do? Be eternally grateful? Sometimes I just don't understand you. Well, you wouldn't, would you? And what's that supposed to mean? You've already given up, haven't you? You let them walk all over you. Who? Boys! For over 40 years now, girl school have used punk, glam and metal and assembled a legacy of melodic wonder, yeah you heard, to rival any band who emerged from the new wave of British heavy metal boom of the mid to late 70s. Don't believe me? Well, you'll be needing the new release from those good folks at Cherry Red Records, Girl School, The School Report, 1978 to 2008. It's a 5CD box set that takes in all the hits and as we'll discover, a whole lot more besides. Released January 27th and because I'm full of good ideas, I thought I'd get singer ever-constant Kim McAuliffe on the podcast. This episode is a right laugh. No, brilliant. And you sound really good. I I was speaking to uh, your man at Cherry Red, and he he said that you had never really used Zoom before, so I was... Oh, I, thought, I know. It's just... Well, it's frightening because um, I'm such a technophobe. I'm just, I can just about email. <laughs> That's about it. And I've how, got, you know... How I mean, you... cut and paste. I mean, don't even get me on cut and paste. I've no idea what that is. How yeah. did how did you get through lockdown without Zoom? <laughs> well, um, basically, um, yeah, if, if it's like this and I just have to press on something, then right. that's fine. Right. I can do that. But if yeah. I if I tried to do it myself, then, you know, oh, no, no way. But, you, um, yeah. Do you know what my um... – I mean, I, I'm going to be dead honest. I'm I'm rubbish with technology as well. Uh, my my um, without my wife, nothing in nothing in the house would ever get turned on. But right. my mum is on her own, and I often I'm on the phone trying to explain how to sign in on an Apple ID or what have you. Yeah. And um, oh, we, well, we, I'm actually yeah, I'm speaking to you on my iPad that I've had a couple of years now. I'm right. none wiser. But I've, this is the only thing, though. My my laptop, 
I can't get the Zoom link on for some reason. I know it's pretty old, I suppose, but uh, no. But anyway, so this this is the only thing. I, so I can just about use use it for this for that. <laughs> who, who but you know the work. Yeah, the worst thing is, like I said about your wife, um, my other half's kids. Well, they were when I first met them, eight and eleven. They're now thirty odd something. But trying to get them to show me something. They go, I said, can you show me how to do this? And they go, duk, 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 duk. and I go, they go, go. I go, well, that's, that's no good. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> it's, it's like they do that and they're off. I mean, it, it, I just think it comes to all of us, you know. I, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm 42. And oh. I wanna, oh, you're a baby. <laughs> I am a baby. I am a baby. Um, yeah. But you're a fine vintage, though, Kim. That's what you are. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I like that one. <laughs> but um, yeah, when I was, at, you know, when I was at school, I was all like, you know, helping my, uh, helping my mum and dad, like set up, you know, technology in the house and all that sort of stuff. And whereas now, I was reading the other day about. Um, do you know about the World Economic Forum? Oh, well, I've heard of it. Yes. <laughs> right. Okay. So it's a bit like it's a bit sort of on the fringes of conspiracy, but um. Oh, don't get me on that. Our guitarist, she's totally into all that stuff. Yeah. Is she? Yes. Is she? Is she? Oh yes. well. God, I yes. feel it. I feel a little bit like I would have quite liked her on the call. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, yeah. She's actually in the, um, on her way to the studio at the moment to finish our album off. Right, well, right. do her bits on there. Yeah, I'm, I'm there um, in the week. So, oh, right. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Like, are you working on a new record then? Yes, yeah, we got our new album. Yes, when's that due? Oh, good, good question. Well, I mean, we're finishing it um, on the December the eighth, um, so it's up to the the record company then, Silver Lining, um, to um, to get it out. Well, obviously next year, sometime. Amazing. Um, Amazing. But uh, yeah, so I don't know. Yeah. Well, I I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave the relevance of the World Economic Forum hanging on the air, um, <laughs> and I'm gonna I'm gonna try and establish some sort of order to this before we get right. carried away with new music. Because yeah. re- I mean, okay. it's, it's a real thrill to speak to you. Like I I I love Girl School. My oh I've, cheers! I've got an older brother who was uh, very much a graduate of the new wave of British heavy metal. Mm. But I I was always more of a you know, when I got into music, I was always more of a sort of a punk fan than a, than a metal fan, really. And I, yeah. always just, I always just thought the thing with girls' school is, like, the stuff that I loved was, I don't know, it's, like, so indebted to that. Well, a bit like Motorhead, really. Like, so indebted to, sort of, the things I liked about punk more than I yeah. liked about metal, if that makes sense. Well, I mean, one of my favourite albums ever is The Sex Pistols, ne- Never Mind the Bollocks. That's just an absolute, that's just a, a classic rock album, really, when you think about it. It's just, it's just tremendous. Absolutely, you know, yeah, and we and the Damned, one of my other favourite bands, and of course we've actually toured with them a couple of times, and they are just the bee's knees. They are, yeah. So, and of course we grew up um, with the punk thing as well. I mean, that's when we that's when we sort of started off, and that's how we actually recorded our very first single because we were great mates with the UK Subs, oh. and um, yeah, yeah, I used to share a flat with um, with the drummer, with old Pete, who's still a great mate, and. Um, yeah, so we were sort of we, you know, as I say, really great mates, and um, and we used to love each other's bands. You said, oh, they were just tremendous live. I haven't seen them live now for donkey's years, but um, you know, Charlie's still a mate and everything. So uh, yeah, we grew up with all that. Well, Is grew it- up. I say, you know, that that was we we started off like well, I did anyway, and well, most of us did anyway with, with, with the glam rock thing. And then it was like the heavy metal thing, then the punk thing, and then the rock thing, then the you know, I mean, it was that that sort of time for us. It's it's interesting though when I think about sort of some of your peers from around that time, you know, whether it's like a, you know, like a 
you know, like a maiden or like a Saxon or whatever. Like, like some of those people kind of like left, almost like left the kind of like the punk thing behind, really. And they almost kind of went running more towards, I guess, what you would call heavy metal. Like, but you, for a long time, you really did keep that kind of punk essence. Was that, was that like a, a choice or? Um, well, basically what used to happen is, um, we used to, well, we, we'd tour literally everywhere. Before we met Motorhead, everybody seemed to think that this was an overnight thing, that we met Motorhead and bang, there we were, you know. But we were actually touring around Europe, especially in, in the beaten up old van, sleeping on the gear and all the rest of it, you know, for about two years before that happened. And we used to play punk clubs. They used to say, think we were heavy metal, so they hated us. And then we used to play punk, um, but, sorry, heavy metal uh, clubs. They used to think we were punk, so they hated us. Or did I just say that? Or well, anyway, the other way round, both yeah, way yeah. rounds. Yeah. So we couldn't win either way because, of course, we, we love both. Um, and the stuff we were coming out with, obviously, you know, that's that's what we were influenced by. Yeah. So we were just doing what we were doing, and we, you know, yeah, um, nobody liked us really. <laughs> I mean, that's not strictly true. Oh <laughs> uh, well, no, I know, but you know what I mean. It's literally the punks thought we were heavy metal, and the heavy metal yeah. thought we were punks. So yeah. we were obviously in between. And then, obviously, when we, um, the funny thing is, just before Lemmy got in touch with us. Somebody had actually given, because Kelly was actually living with me and mum and dad at the moment, and Enid was literally down the road in the same street. So three of us were in the same street, and Denise, our drummer, was only two miles away in Clapham. But uh, So we were all quite close-knit and everything. And um, somebody, a friend of ours, had given us Motorhead's first EP, you know, the Motorhead EP. And we'd never heard of them at that point. Well, I don't think many people had. This is back, you know, 1979 or whenever it was. And uh, we we thought, bloody hell, (laughs) What the hell was going on here? Look, you know, they looked quite fright, frightening and it sounded even more frightening. And we just thought, wow, you know, um, this this lot sound like sound great. And then lo and behold, a few months later, Lemmy got in touch and um wanted to meet us. So that was quite weird. Yeah, as, quite serendipitous. Yeah. As fate would have it. I mean, yeah. It's interesting you bring up Motorhead because, you know, in many ways, um, you know, it's almost like it's kind of hard to separate the two bands, really. They yeah. almost kind of felt, you know, like on a on a on a mission to rock together. But like, did did you ever? I mean, obviously, like the the patronage of Motorhead is, a, you know, is obviously a good thing. But did you ever feel a little bit like that you wanted to stand on your own two feet, or that Motorhead kind of obscured your own achievements? Um, well, I suppose in in a way, because um, people seem to think that we were joined at the hip with them, you know, um, as much as we love them, love them rather, um, you know, we, we were doing our own thing as well. And they wanted to do their own thing, you know, obviously as well. So, um, but obviously being on the same management, same record company, you know, um, obviously we were really tied with them in, in the beginning. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and, and I'm so proud as well that the fact that we were – there with them right at the beginning and we were there right at the end as well on the 40th anniversary tour you know with Lemmy just before Lemmy died so we were sort of there all the way through you know in and out of, of each other's you know lives all the way through and and remained great friends you know throughout all those years 40 years or whatever it was yeah so I still find it unbelievable that you know I, I say on stage as well that I don't know about you lot you know to the audience but I say they were our motorhead you know those three you know Lemmy, yeah. Phil, and Eddie—they were—they yeah. were our motorhead, and they were, you know, as much as obviously Phil and 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 the rest of them—that they, they were great throughout the years. But you know, 
It's a bit like, I, th- I suppose, your, who's your Doctor Who? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> no. Like, this, yeah, they, were all, they were all motored, you know, and I, I still find it quite incredible that they're not here anymore, you know. Yeah. yeah, no, totally. I mean, I mean, yeah. it's, it is one of those things. I quite often, just because Lemmy was just such a constant, yeah. there, there are there are plenty of times where I, you know, say something will happen within music, if not the wider world, and I would, I, I often do think, I wonder what, I wonder what Lemmy Kilmeister would think of this yeah. <laughs> right now. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah some that's some legacy. Well, yeah, we, it is. I mean, obviously, the reason why we're speaking today is because you've got this, uh, you've got this this box set this book set and it's right. coming out in january and you were yeah. talking you were talking I get, about... I, I, yeah i know it's the funny thing is i was wondering why this was why this was happening and of course then now you've said that i go oh right oh that's why then because i don't really know that much about it i know that cherry red are probably gonna go you know oh all i know is we signed about a million bloody cards the other day before we did hard rock hell in this thing you know they go oh it's only only 300 odd or whatever we had about an hour to do it in we tried signing 300 bloody card things in about (laughs) before we go on stage you know i mean i've got got the press release right in front of me if you want to oh yeah can you let me know what's going on i can can tell you i can tell you anything you want to know about it Uh, (laughs) so yeah i didn't know when it was coming out so january okay right fine so yeah yeah, january 27th oh um, right it, okay. co- it covers the era 1978 to 2008. Oh right, I know that because that's what it said on the card. Yeah, <laughs> um, and it's you know it's got all the hits. But oh, right. what I thought was really interesting was when it gets to the final disc, it's uh, yeah. it's painted lady live. I know. I don't know. I mean, obviously we gave our permission for that, but I mean, it's I don't know. It's just something that I don't know. A bit bit worried about really but i haven't <laughs> listened to it again well because i haven't heard it for god knows how long and i mean it's painted lady you know it's like it's, there's, there's god some, knows there's some wild covers on there um, yeah like wild covers like i haven't but, heard obviously you you cover these songs but i uh the idea of you do the what? idea of you doing give me some loving i mean i'm all up for that it's, hey yeah but um give me some loving yeah. yeah, but that can't be the ZZ Top one. That's way before, isn't it? I mean, we're talking about if it's Painted Lady, we're talking about us playing in the local pub when we were far too young to actually be in a pub um, <laughs> in about 1977 or something. So, yeah. is this, so is this a Painted Lady song called Give Me Some Loving? No, it must be, um, Christ, Give Me Some Loving, Give Me, Give Me Some Loving. Bloody hell, that's the Spencer Davis group. Obviously, you're far too young to oh. remember that. <laughs> that's got to be that. All right, let, I don't well, even remember we did that. Right, well, I'm going to I'm going to go through I'm going to go through the track listing of this. Right, right, so, okay. Uh, you open with "I Wanted to Boogie." Right, I don't know what that is. Uh, <laughs> oh, glue. Then be my lover. Oh, oh, Alice Cooper. Yeah, Alice Cooper, great fan, massive fan. Yeah. Then um, nah, 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 nah. what we did? Smoke on the water. You did smoke on the water. Bloody hell. Oh, sorry, Richie. Sorry. <laughs> then, 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 King of the Blues. What's that? No idea. No, I've no then, idea. Then, sometime world. Sometime world. Yeah. No, I got a clue. Uh, this is good content. Then it's then rub it in. Rub oh, rub it in, rub it in. Yeah, uh, vaguely remember that one. No I idea s- who did it. I saw you standing there. Oh, Beatles. Yeah. 
all along, all, yeah. uh, all along the Watchtower. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, obviously, Jimmy, Jimmy yeah. Hendrix. Yeah. yeah. Paper plane. Oh yeah, cool status quo. Yeah. Johnny B. Good. Another phase. Oh yeah, easy one. Yeah. Shoot, shoot. Yeah, UFO. Woo. How can I tell you? How can I tell you? No, not can't, clue. Can't get enough. Oh well, bad company, of course. Yeah. All right now. Who? All right now. That'd be oh, free. all right now. That'd yeah, be yeah, free, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Knocking on Hammer's door. Oh right, yeah. Then the yeah. aforementioned "Give me some loving." Right, yeah. Spencer Davis group, pretty sure of that one. Honky tonk yeah. woman. Oh yeah, Stones. Yeah. Changes coming. Mmm, changes coming. No, not a clue. Hey Joe. <laughs> what again? I thought no, we just said that one. Oh no, no you said all along the Watchtower, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. No, you've okay, gone back. Yeah. You've gone back to the Hendrix World twice. Right. Okay. Uh, you keep me hanging on. Oh yeah, great song. Fantastic song. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And I've, I've got to explain this as well. The reason why we got... Oh, it's not Hotel California on there. That used to be a favourite. That did. Oh, really? Um, yeah, because um, Painted Lady, I'm hoping what it's going to be with Deirdre Cartwright in it. Because the reason why we've got all these probably Hendrix songs and stuff there is because she was a phenomenal, or still is, a phenomenal lead guitarist. And really, she was the reason that we were able to get away with playing gigs um, right, at that right, point because right. she literally, you know, she she carried us really, and you know, sort of helped us on our way. Um, it was it was sort of her mission to help women in rock, really, right. in those days. Yeah, she was a bit older than us and already quite an accomplished musician. And um, yeah, without her, we wouldn't have been been able to, you know, get going really. So yeah, I mean, she used to just wow the audiences with the, with the, with her playing. So yeah, it was amazing. How and, uh, so? How old were you all at that point? Uh well, I don't even know. Does it is it not got a year or anything on it then? No, it, it says I mean, it's just seventy eight. Seventy oh seventy eight, right? Oh. Okay, well that's not with Deirdre then. That's got to be with Kelly, right? So this is not one. Th- yeah. Oh wow, I didn't know we did all that with Kelly. Oh. Um, oh, that's probably why it's not Hotel California on there because that used to be Deirdre's showstopper. That did <laughs> when we were playing when we were playing the local pubs. We used to have two residencies: one at the Two Brewers in Clapham and one at the Castle in Tooting. Tooting was on Thursday, and the Two Brewers was on a Sunday. And I say at that point we um, actually got quite a lot of um, sort of well publicity and stuff there just for being all girls at that point and that, with Deirdre playing with us and uh, I, I remember at one point the mail, Daily Mail came down and what's her name came oh bloody real famous journalist anyway she came down and happened to, happened to mention about 16 um, year old Enid Williams Downs half a pint of Guinness or something and of course the pub got in so much trouble you know I'd rage drinking and all the rest yeah. of it anyway that made that got us even more publicity you know so but um, yeah, so that's how we started off. Uh, yeah, I often find when I, um, you know, when I speak to, uh, to to women in bands, especially when it's a, an all female lineup, like I never really kind of want to like focus questions on that because mm. it it almost kind of makes it sound more like an anomaly, and it shouldn't be an anomaly. And um, so, therefore, I'm sort of stumbling through these kind of questions. But when you started out, I mean, it must have been. I mean, you must have like turned up at dressing rooms, and there had not that there would not be a lot of women around, other than the people in girls' school. 
Um, well, yeah, I mean, basically in those days, uh, when we, because we started off even really before the punk thing exploded, when of course then at least women were able to get up and do whatever they wanted to do, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, we were sort of um, obviously quite, quite um, different <laughs> at that point. But I mean, the reason why, the reason why I have to go back to this, the reason why we actually were all girls was because we didn't have any choice when we wanted to start a band because no boys wanted to play with us. You know, it might have had something to do with the fact that we decided to form a band before we could even actually play an instrument. But you know, that might have had something to do with it. Do you but, know what? Though? Uh, I feel, I feel like that's quite uniquely, like almost like an experience is quite unique to a lot of female musicians I've spoken to, in mm-hmm. the sen- in the sense that it's like, well, you know, if we're not invited to this, or if yeah. or if there's not like a if there's not like kind of a template for this, then we're just going to do it ourselves anyway. Yeah, I mean, that's basically what, what happened to us. I mean, basically, Enid's brother played guitar, and my cousin, who lives next door to me at the time, um, he played guitar. And so, we, you know, we sort of like, we were, and also our, our homes were always had, you know, always surrounded by music, you know, mum and dad always playing the Stones and the Beatles and all the rest of it. So we were always, you know, we grew up with music, and so it was quite inevitable, really, that um, we wanted to, you know, be in a band. Yeah. Um, but as I say, like at that point, my cousin was in a band, and of course he, you know, he um, he was a couple of years older than me. Oh, it's quite funny actually because he got his first guitar, and I never forget. My mum and dad said, "Don't you get any bloody ideas?" <laughs> you know. And then of course a year later, I actually got his, had his guitar when he got a better one. You know, so I had his cast off, and that's where it all started, really. So just talking about the the, the new record because I, I I I wasn't aware of that. It's really exciting. Right. So so what's the li- what's the lineup now? Um, well, basically, it's still it's uh, Denise and and me who we we've been together since day one. Mm. So that's forty five years next year. Yeah, unbelievably. But, yeah. Uh, and then Jackie, who we say is still the new girl, though she, I think she's been with us twenty three years. <laughs> yeah, ninety nine. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then um, Tracy, Tracy Lamb, who was who's been in and out of the band. It's her third time back now. So, and of course, we've known Tracy since well for about forty years. So um, yeah, we're we're all South London girls. So, so yeah. So obviously, this is the first record in a in a while without. Email. Yeah. How's yeah. how's that working out? Uh, what the album? Well, yeah, just obviously, oh. like it's the first time that you haven't yeah, sh- like shared vocals really for quite a long time. Oh, I see. Yeah, no, that was this is a right pain really because I've I've now been lumbered with. It's so weird because obviously every time, you know, like with Kelly, obviously at one point there was Enid, Kelly and I sharing vocals, and me not so much. Yeah. And then Enid went the first time, then it was just me and Kelly. And then Kelly went and Enid came back, then it was me and Enid. <laughs> and then and now it's just bloody me. So I, I just open my mouth and hope for the best. And most of the time it, I seem to get away with it. So. You know, I always, I always think the thing with girls' school is, I mean, you know, even kind of, there's obviously a bit in the nineties where kind of um you kind of drop away for a while yeah. like, after the run of the first kind of three records like there's a, you know, there's a bit of a, a bit of a wobble in the sort of way you perceive and stuff, but it's so enduring like and I always think a bit with girls' school, I remember that band the Donners when they swung around and they were referencing you and I remember oh, right. of, and it's so it was so good to see that that you'd been recognized like, yeah, that is nice, yeah. Yeah, and I, I just think as well, like, you just look at the photos of you from the sort of early 80s and you all just look like the, you look like the coolest, the coolest band in the world. Like, so there's always going to be people, like, rediscovering you. But what 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 do you think it is that's the reason why you've endured so long? 
Um, stupidity, <laughs> stubbornness. Right, right, right. <laughs> I don't know. Just um, not knowing anything else, perhaps. Um, I don't know. Just because um, it's just what, what I, there's nothing I don't know. There's nothing else to, to do. <laughs> I don't know. I'm quite, right. my, my, don't get me wrong. I'm quite happy doing nothing a lot of the time. Yeah. You know, I'm quite happy sitting here and, you know, just pootling about. But um, what was that word you just used? Pootling. <laughs> no, no, this is good. Right. So this is the second time this word has been referenced on the podcast, right? Oh, is it? Yeah, pootling. Yeah. So my wife's parents, they use the word poodle all the time. As in like, right. they're like, oh, we're going to go in the car and have a bit of a poodle. Poodle. I, I love it. Yeah, and then I did, and then I did a podcast with uh, this woman called Catherine Williams, who's a folk singer from Newcastle, and right. she used it as well. And I was like, "Well, she's from Liverpool, but she, she, right. I know she lives in Newcastle." And so I was like, "Oh God, I've never heard anyone other than my wife's family use this term before." So you're you're only the second person. <laughs> but Pootling. What yeah, we're well, yeah. around, you know. Well, well I always, see. I always say poo. I always see Pootling as like it's like to go somewhere. But to, in not in a hurry. That's well, that's how... it. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. When I'm saying pootling around, I'm just I'm pootling around. You know, here, basically, just you know, pootling. But what's it? What's not... what's interesting is I'm always trying to work out almost where that word comes from. So yeah, well, yeah. So did you grow? You grew up in London, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, South London. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, but I mean, I, I, you've got me thinking now. I've no idea. It's just a word that's always always been around. <laughs> <laughs> now you've got me wondering. I'm going to have to Google it. Yeah, no, no. It's, I mean, it's a it's a mystery that's going to run a run, but it doesn't. Because yeah. I thought for a while it might be Yorkshire because my wife's mum's from. Oh, actually, no. Actually, I tell a lie. My mm. wife's mum. I think that she. I think that she was born in Highgate. Which right. is, you know, is obviously a, a London link. But see, I thought Yorkshire because that's where she grew up. But right, this is interesting. This yeah. Is a, I'm, I'm sure that I'm sure the girl school fans who tune into this podcast are going to be like, Why you, you know, I've been thinking, I'm even thinking now how it would be spelled. I presume it's P O O T L I N G, pootling or pootling, pootling. Yeah, well, no, I think how you say, I think, you know, what I do, what I do think is, I think the next song that you write really has to be, <laughs> it has to be titled Pootle. I've got to put a pootling in. Well, I'm actually still writing some of the lyrics, so I'm going to have oh. to put pootle in there, aren't I? Come on, I would Kim. imagine po- poodle is P O T L E. Yeah, yeah. Have, no. a po- have a poodle. Yeah, yeah. I'm, listen, I'm I will be listening to your new record, but I'm going to listen to it more attentively <laughs> in case that word's been used. Oh God, how gonna how am I going to fit that in? <laughs> poodle. I'll try. I'll try. Yeah. So. Listen, just to just to wrap up, it's been a real pleasure to speak to you. Um, yeah. I can't wait to get t- stuck into that box set. He says right. having someone from Cherry Red will listen to this and send him one. Well, um, I'm hoping someone's going to send me one. That'd be nice. <laughs> totally. What about shows? When are you when are you playing? Uh, well, we just did our last one of the year um, a couple of weeks ago. That was Hard Rock Hell, which was pretty good. Yeah. Um, and um, and the next lot is actually touring with Alcatraz in uh, Britain. Um, just a few shows around Britain in February, so nice. everybody's got to come and see us. Yeah, everyone, everyone's got to come and see you. Um, yeah, I hope well, so. Yeah, I'll have a, I'll have a, I'll have a poodle on down in February. Well, that was episode eighty-eight. Thanks to Kim for the chat. Thanks to Matt Ingham for hooking us up. The theme tune is by the band Jobbers, and I'll see you soon. 
Thank <laughs> you.